Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining us today on the Friday broadcast. And today, I want to remind you that although it is Friday, Sunday is coming. So be in your place worshiping somewhere Sunday. And if you don't have a church home, why don't you come to Hickory Ridge Community Church? We'll make you feel right at home. You'll hear an expiring message. You get to worship with our worship team. You'll get the opportunity to have your children involved in our excellent children's ministry called Elevate. Uh, your kids will be well cared for in the nursery, the preschool. And then if you come to the 1030 service, we also have a youth Sunday school class that meets every Sunday. And uh, man, it's such a great thing to see God move in the lives of people and we enjoy worshiping and we believe it's our opportunity to worship in spirit and in truth. Well, today I want to talk to you about how to have grace for your race, how to have grace for your race. No matter where you are in your life, uh, you are on a journey. And as you think about this journey, God has given you the opportunity to do great things for him and with him. So I'm going to share three things with you today that I think will bless you in the broadcast. Uh, The first thing I want you to know that it's time to get up, right? Uh, Let's get up and let's get moving. Let's ask the Lord to empower us, to energize us and move us in the right direction. And then secondly, I want you to realize it's time to get over. Uh, It's time to get over some things, right? To get past some things. You got to leave your past in the past, right? And then I'm going to share with you lastly in the broadcast today, it's time to get on, okay? So we're going to talk about getting up, getting on, and then we're going to talk about getting over, okay? So let's take them one at a time as we look at God's word today. And uh, there's so many things in our lives that come against us, but I want you to know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now, God has given us this wonderful book called the Bible. And I want you to know the Bible is God's love letter to us. If I were to summarize the Bible with two statements, I would say the purpose of the Bible is for man to know how to have a relationship with God. And number two, the second purpose of the Bible is for man to know how to get along with everybody else in life. Uh, Those are the two central themes of the Bible. And those are the two central themes of the Ten Commandments, for example. You know, the first four commandments deal with our relationship with God. The last six commandments deal with our relationship with each other. So why should I not steal? Because I don't want somebody taking something that belongs to me. Why should I not commit adultery? Because I don't want somebody taking my wife. She's my wife. I don't want anybody else taking her, right? Why should I not lie? Because I want people to be truthful to me. Why should I not covet? Because I don't want people taking things that belong to me. Uh, I don't want them wishing that they could have my things. And so I don't wish that I could have their things. So these commandments deal with our relationship with each other. The first four, talking about not taking the name of the Lord in vain, having no other gods before him, because God is a jealous God. When we think about these, it's all about our relationship with God. So let's look at this subject of how can I get past something? How can I get up and move on? And how can I keep in this state of constantly being used of God in a very special way? Well, let's look at Romans chapter 6 for these answers, okay? We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7. Paul is writing and he says, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? Ah, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live any longer therein? He says, Oh, don't you know that? All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead 
Through the glory of the Father, we too may have new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, so that we are no longer slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So as we look at this very important subject, we begin by saying, it's time to get up, right? It's time to have that wake-up call in our lives. And so Paul is addressing the believers at the Church of Rome, and he knows that they're going to have a problem with what he has set up to this point. The first two chapters of Romans, he deals with just how bad we are, right? And the fact that we are going to experience the wrath of God because we've abandoned him and we're going after our own selfish desires, right? And it actually says that God has given us over to our sinful desires. So that's chapter one and chapter number two. And then as we get into chapter number three, we learn that although we are sinful, God has made a provision for us through Jesus Christ. Chapters 4 and 5 talk about God's wonderful and amazing grace that he's given to us. So the first two chapters talk about how bad we are. Chapters 3, 4, and 5 talk about how gracious God is. Now, Paul is looking at the fact that because we have sinned so greatly, we need an awful lot of grace to compensate or to deal with our sin. So the natural conclusion is, if I sin more... I get more grace, so why don't I keep on sinning more so that I may get more grace? Now, as we look at this, sin that grace may abound, we are sinners, and we need to only confess that grace may abound. We don't receive more grace by sinning more. We receive more grace by confessing more. It's not sin that is holding back God's grace in our lives. All our sins were paid for by Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Some have said, yes, grace means I can sin all I want, and God's law doesn't obligate me in any way. This position actually has a term that has been given to it. It's called antinomianism. It means that we're going against the law, or I become actually a law unto myself. You know, others have answered this question that Paul is arising by saying, no, no, grace means that I should not sin, so that I should follow extra biblical rules to make sure that I sin less. Now, this position is actually called legalism. Now, both of these positions are wrong. When I think about these two positions, I was raised in more of a legalistic environment where everything was wrong, right? Uh, There was a rule for everything. Uh, There was a rule of how long your hair should be or shouldn't be. Uh, There was a rule for how long your dress should be. There was a rule for where you would go, when you'd have to be in. Uh, There was a rule for everything in my life. And I felt the more I kept these man-made rules, the more spiritual I was. But I discovered that it constantly left me striving and failing to keep all these rules. I kind of like the Pharisees. They kept adding rules because they would see somebody violating something. So they said, well, uh, let's add a rule. They kept adding all these rules that they couldn't even keep up with. Uh, They couldn't even obey themselves. So I want to tell you, it's time to get up. We shall not continue to sin that grace may abound. 
Paul is addressing those who have adopted a defeated mindset. Listen, God has set you apart. You're not a loser. Christ has redeemed you. You don't want to keep living like a loser. You want to live like a grace-filled winner. You know, we're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can overcome sin. We don't have to become a victim. Listen, God's grace is not only available when we sin, but it's also available to keep us from sinning. His grace protects us and separates us unto Him. You know, when COVID is coming, I'm going to tap into God's grace. When depression comes, I'm going to tap into God's grace. When pressure comes into my life, I'm tapping into God's grace. I tap into God's grace when people disappoint me. I realize that people are going to disappoint me. I realize that I cannot expect people to be God in my life. You know, every time you look in a mirror, your reflection appears. Now, it's a lonely exercise that can send you right to the gym if you're like me, and you look in the mirror and say, man, I need to shed a few extra pounds. Or you could get some maybe makeup to cover up all the wrinkles that you have uh, when you look in the mirror. Uh, Your flaws are constantly glaring at you. Stepping at that mirror of life, you may have a similar experience. You notice these weaknesses and you say, man, I can't make these changes. But I will remind you, you were created in God's image. So get up and start serving the Lord. Start using the gifts that he has given you to glorify him. God has given us his spirit, Father, Son, and Spirit. They move and they breathe together. You know, you cannot know the love of the Father without experiencing the grace of Jesus Christ, without experiencing the fellowship of his Spirit. Jesus says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. As it is with the nature of God, so it is with the nature of humanity. When you live in community, your strengths come together with others, and your weaknesses are shored up. And that united group of people reflects God's perfect image. I want to encourage you today. You may feel like you're down. Stop thinking like a loser. Think right. In the past few hours, what have you been thinking about? Have you had immature thoughts running through your mind? Oh, let me tell you what God's Word says about that. Paul reminds us to set our minds on things above, not on the things of the earth. You know, if you're going to be thinking right, that's going to lead you to speak right, using the right language. You know that tongue of ours? It's just a little member, but it has the power of life and death. You know, not too long ago, I received a text message and This person was so discouraged that life was falling apart. And so I said, can I pray for you? And I said, let me call you. And I called this person and I prayed for them right over the phone. Did you know that in a matter of receiving that text and receiving that phone call, the situation changed? God intervened. You know, God is a God of miracles. This is a miraculous thing that took place in regards to a person's marriage. Within a matter of days, I received another text from this same person that felt like life was hopeless and that the life was out of control, and God worked miraculously. The text that came back to me was this, our God is a God of miracles. I'm flying right now to pick up my wife. We're going to take the next step in reconciliation. You see, a marriage that he thought was dead and gone, all of a sudden had life breathed back into it. He had to get up and he had to pray. And he had asked God to intervene. He couldn't wallow in his pain. He couldn't just live in the fact that things are falling apart. 
He had to think right about his situation. He had to speak right into that situation. You know, the Bible tells us whoever can keep his mouth and his tongue will keep himself out of trouble. Whoever knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. So we think right, we speak right, and then we got to live right. Proverbs 21.21 says, if you pursue righteousness and kindness, you're going to find it. Righteousness and honor. In other words, if we live right, we're going to find other people also living right. If we go in the right direction, pursue righteousness, we're going to discover there's kindness out there. You know, so many times we get hung up on all the bad things in life. And I don't want you to know, it is bad out there. It is an evil place that we're living in. But you know, this is the same kind of culture that Jesus started the church in. When the church was founded, it wasn't in a Christian environment. It not only was anti-Christian, it had no idea what Christianity was. Jesus jumped right in the middle of history, in the midst of chaos and mayhem, in the midst of evil, in the midst of the worst culture you could imagine. And he says, I have given my life so that you may have life more abundantly. Oh, I want you to know it's time to get up. Verses 1 and 2 of Romans reminds us of God's grace, reminds us that we are no longer a slave to sin. Let's get up and get past that sin. Well, number two, it's also time to get over. Yeah, to get over, to get over some things. Verse number three and four, Paul says, don't you know that all of us, all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism unto death, just as Christ was raised up from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We have a different life. It's time to get over that old life. No more guilt, no more shame, no more pain. Those things are the former things. Those are passed away. Life is different. Life has radically changed in our lives. I want you to know, if you will get over your past, God will use you tremendously in the present, and he'll usually be a blessing to others in the future. Listen, life is hard. A lot of things happen in our lives that we didn't sign up for. You know, as I was driving back from Richmond just the other day, we're cruising along down 460, coming almost into Suffolk. We're out in the area of Waverly, and my son, for some reason, has a, a breakdown, and from time to time, he has these outbursts, and, and we're cruising along about 55, 60 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, he, he attacks me and, a, and attacks my wife, and we didn't know what to do. We just cried out, Lord, help us, and, uh, and we were able to, to steer the car off to the side of the road and avoid uh, a major catastrophe, and, and we were so worried that uh, he was going to do something that would hurt him or, or hurt us and, and maybe even cause a, a, an accident right there on the Highway 460, but God protected us. Listen, God will protect you in your time of need. Cry out to him. Don't get hung up on the past. Listen, God allows us to have a past so that you can remember how he came through in the past. You know, Paul reminded the Corinthian believers, and they needed this reminder, and we need this reminder often, that when we go through trials, God is there. He's with us. He comforts us, but it's not just about us. He comforts us so that we can also comfort others with the same comfort that we received. Listen, when you became a follower of Christ, you have been given a new 
heart, a brand new heart. That old heart of stone is replaced with a heart of flesh. In Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, I will give you a new heart. Not only a new heart, but I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to remove from your old heart that heart of stone, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Listen, when God steps in, it is time for us to change. You know, I used to love to listen to a a group, and I don't know if they're still together or not. Uh, It was a Christian group called New Song. And uh, they may be still around, but I'm not sure. Uh, But one of the songs that ministered to my soul when I was just, uh, I was back in the 80s, okay? So uh, I was just uh, in uh, my teenage years, right? And that song was Arise, Arise, right? The central message is that you've got a new song in you. Death no longer has its grip on you. And it's talking about the, the resurrection of Christ. Paul reminds us, listen, that same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives within us. Listen, we have been given a whole new self, a new heart, a new spirit, a new creation. We have a new self. Paul put it this way in Ephesians. He wants to remind us about this. You were taught with regard to that former life, that old life, put off that old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Listen, we were under this cloud of deception, and it was causing us to be corrupted. You know, the other day I went out and tried to start my truck, and it wouldn't start. I said, oh, man, the battery must be dead. So I popped the hood, and and I looked, and, um, you know, I'm not a very good mechanic, but uh, I, I do have a little bit of common sense, and I, and I looked at the battery, and, uh, you know, you can, I brushed off an air and I could see that the battery had charge to it. I had a little green uh, thing and it's a little glass thing that you look at. It, so it's green. So that means it's got charge to it. But then I looked at the terminals and I said, man, unbeknownst to me through the months and maybe through the years, right? Those battery terminals have become corroded. They were so full with corrosion. It was causing that terminal to be filled with corrosion. And it was causing it to lose connection. That corruption was prohibiting my starter to get the charge from the battery. It wasn't that the battery lost its charge. It was corrupted by those terminals. So I got my little toolbox out and, and I took the terminals off and, and I cleaned them real good. And I, I not only did the, uh, the terminal post, but I did uh, the, the battery uh, ends. I cleaned those off real good. And and I put them back on there, tighten it back up, make sure I had a, a tight connection, jump back into that truck, and lo and behold, I turned that key, and she fired right up. I think many Christians have never put off that old self. They're still walking around with corroded battery terminals, and they're corrupted by the deceitful desires that they have. But I want you to know, we are to be made new. A new attitude, the attitude of our minds. As we put on that new self, that new connection that we have with Christ, created to be like God in true righteousness and in holiness. Listen, you can get up and you can get past your past. You can get over some things, but then you got to get on. You got to keep moving on. Paul puts it this way in verses 5 through 7, Romans chapter 6. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, 
we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Okay, do you get what happens after Jesus rose from the dead? That wasn't the end of his mission. When Jesus was on the cross, the last sayings that he said, right, the very last saying he said, it is finished. Now, he didn't say, I'm finished. He says, it is finished. What was finished? The payment for sin. That was done. Jesus was not finished. He had more things to do. As you look at salvation, getting past our sins, being risen up from the dead, that's not the end of our mission. We're united with him in a resurrection like his. Verse number six, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Okay, we're moving on. We're over that old life that we should no longer be a slave to sin, but that's not the end. Verse number seven, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, I love how the the CSB version of the Bible translates verse number six of Romans six. For we know that our old self was crucified in him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Oh, stop thinking like you're trapped in your old life. Listen, you may have made some horrifically bad decisions, but now the future is bright for you. Don't go back. That old you does not need to be rescued or resuscitated or revived or remodeled or renewed. It's dead. Now, Jesus reminds us that when we become his followers, that we're to put our hands to that plow, not looking back. Because if we look back, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. So it's time for us to move on ahead. It's time for us to press on. We're always moving forward with Christ. That's what Paul said in Philippians 4. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly word in Christ Jesus. Paul was always thinking about the future, always moving on ahead. Listen, the future is always going to be better than your past. Keep moving on ahead. And then we're reminded in Colossians 3.3 that our old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to the spectators, is with Christ in God. He is our new life. You know, when I think about what sustains me in my times of trouble, what makes me keep on keeping on when everything within me may be saying, you got to quit? It is my personal relationship with God. That's what got David through his trials. David wrote in Psalm 121, I lift up mine eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know, are you in a valley right now, staring at a mountain that you didn't expect? Maybe that mountain seems so overwhelming that you can't imagine being on top of it, let alone getting onto the other side of it. Is God really with you? Does he care about your struggle? You may be asking yourself, imagine taking a deep breath and sitting back so that you can see not just the mountain that you are facing, but you can see the whole range of mountains. The psalmist prompts us that we're to look even higher than the mountain itself. Beyond that chain of mountains, the psalmist reminds us that's where our help comes from. 
He later reminds us in verse number five that the Lord watches over us. He is the shade at our right hand. He's as close as your shadow. Look at your shadow. He will be with you every step of the way. He doesn't want you to take even one step alone. You see, God knows that sometimes we have a hard time mustering up the strength, sometimes even to look up or to step on ahead. But the loving Heavenly Father is always close enough to place His strong hands under us and to lift us up. Look up. Your help comes from the Lord. You know, I believe God is involved in my everyday daily life. I hope you feel the same way. And I hope that God's Word can encourage you. Now listen, if I can help you in any way, please send me an email, onehopeforyourheart at gmail.com and spell out the word O-N-E, onehopeforyourheart at gmail.com. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to be a blessing to you any way that I can. If you need a special prayer, I'll call you, give you a special prayer. Feel free to leave me a message at 757-421-7500. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast today. If this has been a blessing to you, you can also pick up the broadcast on buzzsprout.com backslash 189-0557. Or there's a free podcast download, Spotify or Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. Buzzsprout is a free download. We'd love for you to tap into this podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy your weekend. Come out and worship with us on Sunday. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.